Welcome to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, where the conversation always gives you a foundation that is built on biblical principles, so you can intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, and the reality we live in, and history. Host Joe Gaona covers topics like apologetics, worldviews, contemporary culture, and the Word of God to help you articulate a defense for how you live your Christian life. See how you can get involved in support Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics by visiting ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com That's ThroughoutAllAgesMinistries.com Joe, where is that magnifying glass? How you doing today? This is Joe with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics, and we're here to intellectually think about arguments. It doesn't make sense in the worldview that you're living in, the worldview that you're standing on. We will look through science, history, archaeology, and the reality that we live in, and does it hold ground? Can you weigh it out and be consistent in your worldview? Today we're on our second part of how the Bible got canonized. And what I like to do is to take you back to the very historical accounts that took place as the apostles were getting called by Jesus Christ and he began to show them who he was. And so this is the second part of the canonized scriptures. We are taking a backdrop. That is significant, that, that, that is significant to understand the canon of scriptures and the authority that came with it. The apostles called by Jesus and they now have three years to watch the way he lives, his passions, his stern warnings, and his authority towards kings, soldiers, religious rulers, betrayers, and followers. Last week, Peter, James, and John, the son of Zebedee, were called as they were netting their nets. They saw the transfiguration of Jesus as the Son of God. And it tells us in John 1.1 from the Apostle John, he says, That which was from the beginning, talking about Jesus, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. And now coming to the mountain of transfiguration, or should I say, and now coming down from the mountain of transfiguration, we find that Jesus is now going to institute what we call the Lord's Supper. And it tells us in Matthew 26, remember, I want you to reflect, if this was you, if you were one of these apostles, and you're walking with Jesus, and you're beginning to see things unfold out of this Messiah that you've been reading about for 4,000 years, what would you be thinking in your mind? And so here Jesus begins to institute the Lord's Supper, and as they were eating in Matthew 26, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new 
covenant. Remember last week, we talked about the old covenant. He's now instituting the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. Now, once Jesus installs this new covenant that will come to pass shortly, he brings the disciples to Gethsemane. And here is the hour of the cross is coming up quickly. All of history has been pointing to this one significant moment that will have an impact on the world for the next 2,000 years and counting, let alone on these simple men who were just fishermen who became disciples of Christ will now turn the world upside down. Men whom we've looked at over the millennia of years as the intellectuals of mankind will have an experience of reason and a spiritual death that will cause them to lay it all down for Christ and Christianity. In every crucial dialogue about life, in every debate, in every argument, they will talk about science, philosophy, and theology, namely the Christian theology. We are told at the Garden of the Gethsemane, which is Jesus' agony in Matthew 26, it says that he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. I'm letting you hear the story of these guys. I'm picking scriptures so you can actually look at the same guys that, that Jesus would profoundly take that they could have a look at him in his very life, day and night, 24 hours a day. And so he takes Peter and his two sons of Zebedee, and he takes the disciples, lets them sit there. So you got the 12 disciples. Then he takes these three guys, and he, and he, and he takes them a little further, and then Jesus goes a little further to pray. And we see in Matthew 26, he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he says, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went up a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, it's Peter, the spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. From this moment on in history, a stamp would be on his disciples. The apostles spent three years with Jesus from the crucifixion and the tomb to an empty tomb and then seeing Jesus over and over again. He has risen. This was the climax of history unfolding to reveal God's plan. This moment would change the world. And this is why Paul says in Colossians 1.26, the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. So Jesus, he's going to be taken up. It says this, that before Jesus was taken up, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, as he's talking to these 12 disciples, Go there and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
And then he goes on to tell them, not only does he have all authority of heaven and earth, but he says, you, you, my disciples, you, my apostles, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost parts of the world. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on him and a cloud received him out of their sight. But the helper, he begins to tell them before he left, ascended to heaven. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name. This is what he's going to do, guys. Listen up. The Holy Spirit, he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. This is key, guys, for them to remember everything that Jesus had did in those three years. This Holy Spirit is going to come and bring truth to them and have let them have understanding and remembrance. Now, the disciples have been hearing about this comforter, this helper, this Holy Spirit. And here we are on the day of Pentecost. It says that, it says that these very men who were hiding, scared, and tired, and at times seemed very feeble, they were all in the upper room praying. And it says that the Holy Spirit came upon them. This was called Pentecost in the Christian faith. That word Pentecost means 50 days. And after the Holy Spirit fell upon them, it says that Peter stands up. And he begins to, now Now I want you to take a picture of this. They're in the upper room. Forty days have went by. Jesus has been testifying to them. He came and showed himself, revealed himself to them, ate with them, slept with them. And then it says that he ascended. Forty days had gone by. They went to the upper room. It's been ten days now, which is the day of Pentecost. That's why the word means 50. Pentecost was a day of harvest. And here the Holy Spirit hits him, and now we see a complete change in his apostles as the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And you got a picture, three times a year, they would come to Jerusalem, all Jewish people. There were hundreds and thousands of people walking the streets while they were on the upper room. And all of a sudden it says that Peter stands up. And he says, we are not drunk as you suppose, since it is the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream genes. And whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved from that time in history. The comforter, the Holy Spirit would be with them come upon them and dwell in them. We see this in John 14. Jesus promises them the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you, omniscience, and he will be within you from this day on. This was the promise that they were waiting for, the spirit of truth that will teach them all things. From that moment on, something changed in these men for the rest of their lives. It says, now Peter and John were going up to the temple on the third hour of the day, and a man who had been lame 
has been laying there since his mother's womb, laying there lame. And we'll get back to the second part of Throughout All Ages, how the Bible got canonized. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. Don't go away because there is much more to come with Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. Throughout All Ages Ministry 1530 Apologetics goes into the public high school to build up the student's character to intellectually think about their worldview and weigh it with truth. Studies show 75 to 85 percent of all college students who grew up in a Christian home are walking away from their faith. For more information about 1530 Apologetics, go to throughoutallages.com. Join Creation Fellowship's Antees Apologetics Speaker Series Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. via Zoom. First Peter verse 3 chapter 15 says, To always be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have. Creation Fellowship Santee's brand name apologetic speakers will do just that. Equip you with the knowledge and tactics to explain your Christian faith. Get equipped Thursday nights at 6.30. Learn more on Facebook and YouTube at Creation Fellowship Santee or email Santee at gmail.com. Welcome back to Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. And now, here's your host, Joe Gaona on K-Praise. How you doing on the second half of Throughout All Ages, Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics? And we're talking about canonizing the scripture. The Holy Spirit has just fell down on the believers, on the apostles that would be living in them with, with that promise for here on out. And we find John and Peter walking to the temple, which is called Beautiful. And as they were walking into this temple, there was a man there who was lame from his mother's womb, whom they would sit down every day at the gate. And it says that as Peter was walking there, he looks at them, at let this lame man sitting there, and he says, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Stand up and walk. And we find that at that moment, the lame man stands up and realizes he could walk and leaps with joy as he enters the temple with them. Now, as this is going on, can you imagine what they're thinking? Peter and John hear the Pentecost has hit. Peter had stood up and began to talk to the thousands unashamedly. And now we find him looking at the lame man and calling him to be healed by the power of Jesus Christ who holds all authority. Now, while he was clinging to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the colonnade of Solomon, uh, the colonnade of Solomon. And they were just amazed of what has happened. But when Peter saw this, he replied to the people, men of Israel, why are you amazed at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if this was done by our power who made this man walk? But you denied the Holy One in the jest and asked for a murder to be granted to you and killed the Prince of Life whom God raised from the dead of which we are witnesses. He's already beginning to talk just right after it happens that they are witnesses of this resurrection that took place. Well, of course, 
uh, being greatly disturbed because of what they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus and the resurrection of the dead. And they laid their hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. Now think about that. Think about that moment. You've been walking with a man you know is the Messiah. You don't understand everything at this point. Your king and Lord is crucified, put to death. You hear and see the tomb is empty. The very man who was dead and buried in a tomb rose from the grave. And Jesus began to show himself to them with many proofs. And Jesus gathers them together and he says, wait for the Holy Spirit. And then in their very eyes, he ascends to heaven. And then we see on the 50th day as they're waiting in the upper room that the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And now they see this lame man and they're saying, silver and gold I have none. But what I have in the name of Jesus, stand up and walked. And now they're locked up in prison I wonder what they were thinking that long night in prison. Remember, these were those simple fishermen. I can imagine me. I know when I first got saved and something bad happened right after I got saved. And I'm thinking, oh, great. What did I get myself into? But it says here on the next day in Acts 4, the rulers and the elders and the scribes gathered them together and Ananias, the high priest, so all the big religious rulers. And they asked him, by what power or what name have you done this? Then Peter, think about these words. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, let it be known to you all, to all the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you. So they called them and commanded them not to speak or not to teach in the name of Jesus. And it tells us in scriptures that Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you, rather to God, you be the judge. For we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. Think about that, guys. It wasn't just someone telling them a story a century later, a hundred years later. They were the witnesses that saw firsthand, and they can't stop speaking about what they have seen and what they have heard. Now, I want you to know that the, the scriptures testify At this point, the apostles are now verbally and orally taking the message with the authority of the Old Testament that that has come from down past from generations to generations. Where does this authority come from? Well, we know in Matthew 28, Matthew 28, it says that Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. And then Jesus gave this authority to the apostles. He tells them, knowing this first, we see in 2 Peter 1.20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
We establish the Holy Spirit that he will teach them all things and bring to remembrance all things. But now it says that they were carried along, moved by the Holy Spirit. It tells us in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. So we need to ask ourselves, what are the signs of the apostles? Apostles, that word means sent out. Well, one is one who is an apostle is one who has seen the Lord. You must have seen the Lord. And it tells us in 1 Corinthians 9.1, Paul is talking. He says, am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? And in 1 Corinthians 15.7, it says that he appeared to James, Jesus, that he appeared, to, he appeared to James after the resurrection, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also, which was Paul writing this letter. Also, apostle must be called, commissioned, and sent by Jesus. Paul, an apostle in Galatians 1.1, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. We see in Matthew 10.1 that Jesus called the 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction, and he sent them out. Also, the apostles' authority is spoken carried or transmitted orally and written in documents of manuscripts we call scripture. Now, Jesus made reference to this when he said in John 5, 39, you search the scriptures talking about the Old Testament. He's clarifying that they are scriptures. He says, if anyone, it's, it goes on to say, you search the scriptures of the Old Testament for in them you think you have eternal life. And these scriptures are they which testify of me he who believes in me as the scriptures have said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water john 7 38 so we always see jesus making reference to the old testament being scripture and then we look at what paul tells us he tells us in first Corinthians 14, if anyone thinks he's a prophet or spiritual, he should acknowledge that the things I am writing, so he's writing it, the things that I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. So there's their authority, that this is the apostle's authority, the command from God and written scripture. These commands and written scripture cannot be inconsistent with our foundation, which is the Old Testament of scriptures, followed by Jesus, the chief cornerstone, and everything ultimately in scripture points to Jesus. It tells us in Ephesians 2.20 that the household of God is built upon the foundation of of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. As we go further, when we're talking about scriptures, it tells us this in 2 Peter 3.15. Peter gives us insight about Paul's writing. He says, just also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom, get wisdom given him, wrote to you as also in all, 
his letters, speaking in them of the things in which are some things are hard to understand, which the untaught, the unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Here we see Peter making reference to all of Paul's writings, compares them as scripture. Here Peter gives us equal weight to Paul's writings as scriptures. We find that the apostles would have men who accompanied them, accompanied them, companions or scribes, write down their letters or scriptures for them. So we see this in Romans 16:21. Timothy, my fellow worker, and Lucas, Jason, and Sosipatar, my countrymen, greet you. Tertius, who wrote this epistle, greets you in the Lord, Romans 16. Here in Romans, we see that Paul has people, his companion, who write with him and scribes. And last of all, we need to see signs and wonders must be the sign of an apostle. It tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. And so we must take a look at what an apostle is, that if you're going to call yourself apostle, apostle, you must have these qualifications. I want, I'm glad you're with us as we talk about the canonizing of scriptures. Next week, we'll get into the third part. And I just want to thank you and come back and be a part as we scrutinize scripture, as we scrutinize our worldview to see if it makes sense. This is Joe with 1530 Apologetics. That's a take. And this has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics. You can learn more about your host, Joe Gaona, how to support and get involved with 1530 Apologetics by visiting throughoutallagesministries.com. That's throughoutallagesministries.com. 1530 Apologetics is vigorously setting the pace to give easy answers to hard questions in the culture we live in. So be sure to join Joe at this same time next week for more biblical principles to help you intellectually and critically learn to weigh out decisions about life with truth, facts, contradictions, the reality we live in, and history. This has been Throughout All Ages 1530 Apologetics on K-Praise. 